This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm the guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've uh, spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle. Please get in touch with us on our Facebook page, follow us, like us, whatever it takes. We would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as I know this industry is capable of. Morning, Doc. Good to see you again. We're uh, we're on a roll. 2021 is uh, up and running. Absolutely, Gordon. Uh, how's it going? Yeah, great. And speaking of up and running, you you look like you're uh, losing the post-Christmas uh, <laughs> bump, a sort of blush, uh, glow of good health. You're uh, yeah. you're out on the roads, are you? Yeah, we're trying. You know, Gordon. You know, trying to as as we said, you know, earlier in the last few weeks, we've been speaking about you know some uplifting, positive stories. So it's great. You know, let's get that mindset and and hopefully, looking at myself, hopefully I can keep it and keep going. And you know, we spoke uh, about uh, abundance. Uh, a while ago, as opposed to scarcity, we spoke about sharing and growing. So yeah, you know, all good. Oh, that's fantastic. I just thought maybe with the uh, the Bright Rock uh, buyout of the Sharks, we were planning a planning a comeback there. Uh, no, not the, not right? Bright Rock, eh? Not oh, what Red Rock? Bright Rock is with Province. Province. Oh yeah. Okay, they're sticking with Province. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. I thought they were coming across as part of the. You talking about Rock Nation? Close rock enough. Rock Nation. There Close we go. That's an, and I'm on top of my brand, what's, branding. What's in a name? What's in a name? So much for branding. They're exactly right. Okay. Uh, today with us talking about branding, we've got a really uh, exciting development for marketers in this country. We, um, we have visiting us this morning, courtesy of of Zoom, uh, and I'm going to say, Doctor Safiso. Falala, who is the CEO of Plus94, and Nicola Baird, who is the project manager for, for, for MAPS on Plus94. I'm going to just backtrack that a little before we kick them in. We are aware of the demise of AMPS and the absence until recently of branded information. Uh, the Marketing Research Foundation, MRF, is a fusion of Marketing Association, SA, and the old SAF, and together they have landed... The, the first tranche in what will be called the MAPS database, and that MAPS database is going to unlock 
some of the, the, the missing value in branded information. So, Safisa, welcome uh, to the show this morning. And Nicola, thanks for, for joining us. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Gordon. Uh, thank you for having us. Yes, it's lovely to be here. Yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to rise above pointing out that this is now, I think, the third show in the space of uh, <laughs> three weeks where Doc has been plugging the show with, with you know, people with doctorates. So, Nicola, you, you advise me that you only have a master's. Thank you for that concession. Um, <laughs> well, if, when you're in the presence of two doctors. <laughs> constantly, in my case. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, so right, let's let's bring it back on track. Plus ninety four and the MRF uh, recently released the the first tranche of the maps data. It's been a long time coming. I think the initial targeted date, possibly even prior to your involvement, was twenty eighteen. But give us an idea of uh, the journey. How have we got there? Uh, what's the methodology? What's changed? And I think one of the key things we will address later on is how did you manage to extract information during this you know remarkable sort of COVID lockdown period. Um, so yeah, let, let's start. You know, how did the, what's the journey been over the last year and, and how have you got the first tranche out to market? Okay. Um, I think you'd have to uh, sort of highlight if you want me or Nicola to answer a, a question because all these questions, we're both equally capable of answering them, albeit in slightly different ways, but we'll be providing an answer to fundamentally the same uh, question. So the, the actual tender was awarded in 2017. So it, it took a while for us to get into field, which eventually was in July 2020, three years later. Um, well, and the reason for the delay was largely due to uh, the MRF trying to get the industry to work together to raise funding that was sufficient for a project of this uh, magnitude. And they did, uh, thankfully, so we have enough uh, to run on until the end of a complete um, year. Um, and thereafter, we'll see what happens. When the project was um, awarded and we started doing the, the pilots around about March, that's when a lockdown kicked in and it became a huge challenge uh, for everyone with uh, the board of MRF saying, guys, uh, we can't do this, nobody will be able to do research and of course it wasn't allowed. Then round about May, we started sort of looking at alternative methodologies such as doing um, survey telephonically, which um, of course had never been done before. And we realized again that you can't do the maps or formerly AMPS telephonically because the interview is just too long. It's approximately an hour. You also have a leave behind, an extended interview that you want them to complete. And uh, when lockdown reached level three, we started testing the waters with uh, face shields, with face masks and all the protective equipment and doing pilots to see if we could return to field. And with the assistance of uh, the MRF board that have always been very, very supportive, we were able to, to, to say that the pilot was successful and we got into field 
and did the field work uh, from July to September, which was the first quarter, and then from October to December, which was the second quarter. And indeed, as you uh, said, we do have some results for the first quarter, which then was the cycle um, July to September 2020. And uh, just let's, let's come back, uh, Nicola, you obviously as the project manager very close to it. You know, I mean, have we sort of sense checked these against the the kind of branded information that were coming out of uh, that was coming out of AMPS? Is there a sense of uh, you know a, a continuation, a balance that if it made sense in AMPS, does it make sense in Maps? How how do we how do we benchmark, or is this just a completely tabula rasa start again? It's a little bit of both because. To start with, we did overhaul the questionnaire. So we looked at, um, obviously, so much has changed in the past five years in South Africa. So we needed to look at technologically how things have changed. What are people using in their homes now that they weren't using five years ago? How how are people doing things differently? How are they doing their purchasing? You know, especially with, with COVID, um, people have started shopping more online, doing click and collect, all that type of stuff. So there were various changes made to the questionnaire, which to some extent does limit the um, comparison. But they were sort of stock standard questions that were used. And we were able to use the previous AMPS questionnaire as validators for, for our first um sort of quarters data. And then we also use a variety of other validators looking at stats, SA figures, all of that. And we were very encouraged given the sort of the smaller sample size of having only done one quarter's research. We were very, very encouraged by the by the validation and the um, security that we got from those validators. Yeah, and just coming back to that, I mean, one of the things that used to be in, in AMPS was uh, a clear definition, I say clear, but maybe not so clear, was between purchases and, and, and users, personal usage. Is that differentiation still built into the new MAPS data? Yes, it is. So we do look at um, household purchases, personal purchases, um, all of that to give us a really good idea of the purchasing habits of South Africans. Um, Doc, that's not this doc, that's the other doc, the, you know, doc the fourth. Okay, I'm going to give you a, a royal title, doc the fourth, Sofisa, that's you. Um, looking at you know the innovation that took you into field uh, during this COVID, I mean, you had a very successful uh, PAMRO conference. You, you sit in the chair of PAMRO. Um, has this, this kind of field work initiative happened anywhere else in Africa using you know, PPE and, and masks to conduct face-to-face? -face, or is this a homegrown solution which hopefully we can export somewhere? Well, everyone is doing the same thing on the continent. Um, the problem that the continent is facing is the impact of COVID-19 in, in East Africa and West Africa, where the amount of work that is being done is inferior to what was done uh, same time in 2019 and 2018. So the presence of interviewers in the field is in any case limited, but where it is being done, it is being done with uh, face masks and face shields and, and uniforms in a lot of cases to identify themselves as market researchers. Mm. Can I just last uh, one quick question, I'm gonna lob it over to the doc. Um, that looking at um, accessibility to the data, so this is not the normal kind of release in the old days, AMPS went to everybody, it was an industry-centered uh, initiative. This is 
a portion of the industry. So if I am an agency, uh, um, my client is a subscriber or has contributed to, to MAPS, how will I have access? Will I have access through Telmark Clear Decisions? Who has access? Where does the line get drawn? And how would I get access um, if I wasn't a contributor to the primary research in the first place? If I can jump in there, um, it is on a subscriber basis only. So it would be up to those who subscribe to the data to um, to decide who they, if they would like to give their agency access, etc. But we are working with um, sort of data houses such as Talmar to um, distribute the data. And it will be available in, in a variety of formats. So whichever format um, the subscriber works with most, we are able to, to provide it to them in that format. Yeah, I think, uh, thanks, Nicola. And I think just one of the points, Sophista, you made the point in, in an article I read or uh, a quote from you somewhere along the line is, communicators rule the world. And, and I think the point what I, what I want to make about that is a lot of the time, you know, through my career with any type of research is how is it communicated, you know, and how is it distilled? You know, Gordon, you and I chatted a while ago about having data sets and, and uh, you know, not making it clear. You've got to make data usable, you know, and so, you know, whether it's via the agency, as, as you said, or whatever, I'd urge marketers to work with the agencies to make very sure that they understand the data. Uh, and we've had other research houses on in the past, Gordon, last year, speaking about similar stuff, you know, assimilation and then usage of something. So your point is communicators do rule the world, but you need to communicate clearly and with a purpose. Yeah, and I think, you know, on, on that point as well, that the real challenge um, for me, looking at the industry at the moment, is not just access to information because there is a lot of information now, not all of it free, um, but if you aggregate it all, there's probably more than we had in 2015. The, the, the real challenge comes in the interpretation and, and the application of that. So you can go out and create the best data in the world, but if I don't know how to use it, yeah. or, or even worse, I'm consciously abusing it, all the hard work, all that kind of field work uh, initiative and the sampling and weightings and all that kind of thing go out the window because I'm just going to thumb suck and, and abuse it. So, yeah, that's that's always the challenge. Guys, going forward, so the first tranche is out, and I know there are plans now to, 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 roll, to continue the rollout. So, Nicola, I guess this one lands uh, logistically in your lap. What are the, pr the plans now to roll out uh, PAMS to the next tranche? Oh, not so PAMS, sorry, PAMS, MAPS. Here's my problem. <laughs> AMPS, PAMS, MAPS. MAPS, MAPS, MAPS. Too many acronyms. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, yes, um, as Sophisa mentioned earlier, we finished our first wave of data um, sort of halfway through December last year. So our primary focus at the moment is getting that data ready to be released. Um, our data processing department is working incredibly hard to make sure that everything is cleaned and we have 100% confidence in that data. Um, in the meantime, we, in the middle of January, we've just started the second wave. Um, so that would be cycle three's data. And that is going very, very well. It's actually very encouraging to see the daily updates coming through and how um, excited South Africans really are to get involved with the research. The research is being done, you know, um, in people's driveways, through their gates, et cetera, to make sure that um, we keep both our um, respondents, but also our field workers safe from COVID. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, cycle three is well underway and we are working towards our next release. 
That's great, Nicola. And just uh, just talking methodology, and I mean, Safisa made the point earlier about a long, cumbersome interview, etc. Can you see that the face-to-face will still continue, or will you supplement it with some sort of online, you know, we spoke telephonic earlier, but some sort of a, another way of, uh, and, and I don't want to say a more modern way, I, uh, I don't think that's the right phrase, but just a different way uh, of, of gathering data into the future. Of course. So one of the things we're most excited about with, um, you know, having the fieldwork for MAPS is that um, the two portions to the research, there's the face-to-face interview, but then there's also um, a Leave Behind questionnaire, which we have um, developed into the Leave Behind questionnaire, one version being a paper version, and then a duplicate version being available online. This is very exciting because it means that um, we don't have to wait for the paper diary to get sent to sort of our provincial bureau and then make it back to head office in Johannesburg, get scanned and then verified. All that information is available immediately online. It makes it a lot more exciting for the respondent to fill it in. It's not a 100-page document that they need to go through. It's um, filled with cartoon characters and um we're hoping in future to almost gamify the, the digital leave behind to encourage respondents to fill it out and um, just to make it a little bit more fun. But I think I think that is definitely a step in the right direction, um, moving with the times. Yeah, I think, Gordon, sorry to interrupt you. I mean, just I forget which show it was or maybe two shows. We spoke about that earlier and, and it wasn't necessarily just around research, the gamification, cartoons, using different iconography to get people to do things you know because sometimes people are just with all the best in the world either just lazy or disinterested and no matter how interesting you think your piece of work is it's probably boring someone you know so it's a question of trying to tap into uh what what excites people and and let them fill it in in the most honest timeliest manner possible you're listening to the dark and the guru proudly brought to you by infinity media It's uh, obviously for us to get people to fill in this uh, leave behind questionnaire is absolutely vital to our research. But to them, it might not be on the top of their priority. Life's busy, things are stressful, etc. So uh, an additional way to get someone to to complete something and to be excited about it um, is very exciting. Yeah, and I think, you know, we, we've got to accept as well that we, we live in a world which is multifaceted now. We kind of growing up in the 80s and that we had AMPS and that was it. Anything which varied from AMPS had to justify itself and explain the variance. I think now we're, we're looking at a world where different things are done differently. Uh, and more and more it's about looking at stuff through different lenses. It's not, it's not a right or a wrong equation for me. It's a which one provides the best kind of insight at any given point in time. So whether you're using a leave-behind diary or you're using a, a Nielsen home panel to scan information, neither one of these insights invalidates the other. You use them where they are appropriate um, and take out you know, what's, what's best in class. And I think that's, that's kind of exciting for me as a media planner these days is to know um, the one-stop shop, um, AMPS was incredibly rely- reliable in terms of the data, but had become really kind of boring in the sense that it was almost over-reliable. You, you were kind of looking for change. So, yeah, we're going to have lots of new innovation and lots of change. And speaking of that, uh, Safisa, let's bring it back to your, your role as the chair of PAMRO, uh, your recent online conference, Actionable Insights for Africa. It's the actionable I find exciting. So 
I don't necessarily just want kind of data mining. I want to be able to use it. Um, talking about the conference, Fisa, what were some of the highlights? What do you think were some of the points of, of difference? What do we have to deal with in South Africa, which is unique to us? And what were perhaps some of the points of convergence where we share something with East and West Africa with respect to marketing and media research? Uh, yeah, it's it was a nice uh, conference, uh, the first one that we had online. What was exciting about it was that there is a, a broad acceptance of the fact that there are more people now on social media than you have, for instance, in South Africa, uh, watching television or listening to the radio in the past four weeks. Therefore, social media is the most important um, um, media uh, as things stand, stand and will continue to be going into the future. And uh, in Africa, the big challenge that we have is um, the JICS Joint Industry Committees. There are countries where they exist. If they are there, they would tend to be of a regulatory nature, whereby it's, a, it's an arm of government or a department of government that controls or regulates what happens in marketing or in advertising. What that means, in short, is that it's very difficult to raise funding for surveys such as maps in most countries. And to that extent, they tend to be haphazard and scattered. So we've had discussions at length about how do we ensure that there's a continuous flow of revenue to fund these very, very important pieces of, of research, especially given the dynamism of the consumer and the dynamism of the, the, the market in Africa. It's a very youthful market. It's upwardly mobile and they're also online and most of them are behaving in a like manner in many ways to their peers across the world. So how do we keep up with them? So these discussions were critically important and we ended up zeroing in on segmentation, which for media planners and uh, advertisers is very important. How do you segment your market? How do you compare a segment in Kenya to a segment in South Africa to a segment in Nigeria? And uh, in fact, the best paper that was presented was the one that focused on um, SEMs, um, which, which was very revealing because there's a huge interest in that. Currently in South Africa, we have uh, two methods that we're using for segmenting. One of them is SEM, the other one is LSM. So we, as uh, the company that is um, doing the MAPS projects, project, we've been um, tasked to look at these approaches and to look at possibly unifying them and coming up with a consistent way of measuring uh, socioeconomic status uh, within our, our markets. Another interesting thing for the African audience um, that came through at this conference was the interest in passive tracking or passive measurement. Radio historically through the um, radio uh, measurement surveys has been measured by way of diaries. Normally in quarter hour slots and pen and paper diaries for that matter, but now because of technology cell phones, uh, these cell phones can be programmed to pick up different radio stations and television stations. So we witnessed the presentation of data which was showing um, um, the movement of uh, television and ra radio audiences is picked up um, 
by by cell phones. So we're getting into an age where you're worried about infringement of private privacy because these um, devices do pick up everything that is related to a radio or television signal. And it seems that we are moving at the same pace um, across the continent in terms of warming up to the concept of passive uh, audience tracking as well as um, a coherent methodology for segmenting the market. Yeah, the passive thing is interesting. I think in in the the RAMS uh, radio uh, data which came out, it's uh, getting my figures slightly muddled uh, muddled up, but I think it's something like 39% of South Africans claim to listen to radio on a mobile device, either streaming or or, or not. So the whole shift to passive is, is really something which is... Yeah, it's kind of unstoppable. But let's bring it back to segmentation. Um, Sophisa, you and I and Nicola, we've had quite an extended conversation about the whole AMPS, uh, LSM versus SEM. And I think a lot of people have lost sight of the fact that socioeconomic segmentation is a generic term which can be applied through various models. So SEM that we talk about here is one application. LSM was an application. And there's already a degree of fusion between these things, which most people are kind of kind of not aware of. I mean, I think you, you'll recall we chatted. Nine of the 14 variables which are used to frame the SEM uh, model itself came out of LSMs anyway. So I think maybe the best way to look at this thing is to, to view it as a continuum. But, Doc, your view on, on sort of macro segmentation as a marketer, um, is it passe? Do we need these socioeconomic kind of drone views of segmentation or is it all about personal information now? Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, uh, Gordon, just also listening to, remember last week we had James Lapperman on from, from UCT talking about deep segmentation and the differences and the nuances and that. So for me, I, you know, I think the thing with any of those things, it's not, yeah, look, the methodology is has to be right, but it's the use. You know, the big thing for me is the use of it. And I've sat in so many meetings through the years where a lot of the time, Agencies spent more time doing the ritzy names of segments than actually understanding and utilizing the segments, you know. And and I think to me, so that that is important that you actually do do the segmentation, uh, socioeconomic wise, and and you actually apply it. And I think you know one of the themes that we've had for a long time on the show, Gordon, is application. You know, we we speaking about a show that is hopefully uh, giving value to listeners that people can actually take something. You know, even in a show, if you take one thing out of every second show as an example, and I think the one thing out of today's show is is not research for the sake of research. It's research that you communicate and ultimately you use in the correct fashion. Absolutely. And uh, just while what you mentioned, James Lapperman, I, I forgot while you were packing the show with people with PhDs. <laughs> Sophisa, just, just share with uh, my doc here in the studio, what, what's your football side? Um, well, the one and only football side that plays uh, decent football. And we've actually shown that in order to be a great team, one doesn't always have to, to win matches um, as, as Arsenal. So that Arsenal is, Arsenal is, is, is my team. You see, it's a, it's a, it's a private. Nicholas, should you and I have a side conversation about something else? Unless, of course, you're going to tell me you're an Arsenal fan as well. 
No, unfortunately, that is one thing Safisa and I disagree no, on. No, it's not unfortunate. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just Gordon and I, uh, Gordon's trying to drag me into this football landscape thing. And now, you know, just like I get doctors on every week, he gets Arsenal supporters on. Not that I'm opposed <laughs> to it. It's just that uh, it's quite interesting that you're uh, also an Arsenal fan. Yeah. Anyway. Do we, need, do we need to arrange some couples counselling for you two? Yeah, no, look, no, you see how we work around these issues. Safisa said it. It's not about the results. It's about watching the team play. I mean, well done, Safisa. I've made a note of that. I'll be using that. So quick wrap-up question uh, because I know it's important to you. And, and a week or two back, we had Ryland Fisher on as well talking about transformation. You're an independent group. You, you fall outside the, uh, the standard big net. What, how do you feel um, you know, things are going for independent researchers in South Africa and uh, in Africa? How, how are you managing to find your way is, and, and where do you fit into the, the big research machine as an independent group? Savisa or Nicola, jump in both. Um, well, I'll get started and then she can fit in the gaps. The research industry is not an old industry. I think it was formalized around about the 1920s and, and the polling took off um, in the 1940s. Uh, focus groups um, were actually done for the first time in the US to assess people's perceptions about Nazi propaganda. And, and, and if you start getting now into the 60s, that's when you're talking about the use of statistical methods for making predictions. Uh, and all the way up until now, it's a new profession and it has experienced a lot of change within itself. Uh, so much so that we, we are witnessing a situation where WPP doesn't own Kanta anymore, for instance. Kanta is now owned by Bain uh, Private Wealth. And we are seeing that a company like Ipsos, for instance, has 24 subsidiaries. And uh, outside of our industry, the Alphabet Media Company that owns Google owns 200 other companies. The point that I'm getting to is that the market and, and the media space has changed so much so that there is no one company that has a monopoly of expertise. And um, for instance, we are finding that consulting companies are playing in our space and hence Nielsen bought a group called the Cambridge Group, which is a consulting group. Ipsos has a, an Ipsos consulting uh, company and Kanta as well. So it is the way of the future. I think we are working together in these little pockets and falling under the same uh, uh, branch. So with as a local agency, what you find is that you need to focus on your area of expertise and you can compete specifically in that area and then work with us, others. We are finding, for instance, that we work a lot with international companies, for instance, companies that design apps in, in India, in the US and other parts of the, of the world. It's about collaboration now. No one has all the multidisciplinary skills that are required. Market research as such is still not a professional qualification, for instance, in the same realm as accounting or legal practice. 
it is made up of various uh, spheres of, of practice, including behavioral sciences, psychology, math mathematics, economics, and so on. And, so on. and for that reason, no one has a monopoly of expertise. And we find that as independent researchers, if we focus on our um, areas of expertise and team up because of the digital economy with the right um, companies like Alphabet Media would buy a Spotify, for example. We've got our own Spotify's, whether they are here or in Ghana or in Nairobi, it doesn't matter. So I think the strategy now for growth and evolving is the same for everyone across the world. Okay, Nicola, I'm going to jump in. I'm just concerned about time, and I uh, want to thank you too uh, for, for being on the show. Uh, I'm going to leave it to the doc to, to, to wrap it up because you gave me the, the, the call sign there, uh, Savisa, you mentioned about moving into the 60s. Uh, doc, that's, that's about you, your age group, isn't it? <laughs> nice weather, Gordon. Nice day today. <laughs> um, guys, thanks. Uh, thanks, Savisa. Just one last closing question is how do people get hold of you uh, Nicola as well on the website do you have a social post can we follow you we'd always like our, our guests to be part of the conversation that we don't just have you know a good half an hour but there's some continuity so how would people get hold of you of course so we are we have our own website um, www.plus94research.co.za and if you go onto our website you've got an overview of all of our um, services that we offer as well as a full tab on the MAPS project and what's very cool about that tab is we've actually got an interview that we did in field in Soweto that they can go and have a look at um, and then we also on Twitter, Facebook and all of the big social media platforms. If they, if anyone has any specific questions about maps, they're more than welcome to contact us. And, and through the through the site chart. Thanks, Nicola. I'm going to hand over to Gordon just to close, but just one final thing. Sophisa, thanks for your time. And I think one of the things that I read you were quoted as saying as well, and it's quite pertinent now, is that research really does help in times of uncertainty and so certainly we are in times of uncertainty and hopefully you know your research uh, and the work that your bodies are doing uh, is going to do you know great stuff for for not just south africa but also for the african continent so from our side thanks and i'm going to hand over to gordon yeah guys thanks once again for being on the show really looking forward to the second wave nicola of uh, of maps and uh, i will certainly be taking you up on your uh, offer of going onto the website and going through that interview i think that's a fantastic way to get a an insight into how the data was captured so to our listeners out there thanks for the time to nicola and Safisa. Really appreciate your time, Doc. We'll see you next week. Yeah, thanks, Gordon. Cheers, see you then. Ciao. And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get a hold of us on Facebook. Like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Miller, the guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. 
The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.